0: Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of d and TV, the podcast where we talk about, well, we re-watch shows that we really enjoy and talk about how some of the plots, themes and character concepts could be used in different role-playing games. I'm your host, Jeremy, uh, and I am joined by uh, my friend as a co-host, who is standing still as a statue watching other people have brunch, Meek.
1: <laughs> Yay, I love brunch. I miss brunch. brunch I do miss brunch immensely. Yeah, I, it's part of why I love Melbourne culture.
0: Brunch, for sure. Oh, yeah, brunch is one of the, the five food groups.
1: Yeah, and no one judges you when That's you, no right. matter what you order, to save Bottomless space.
0: mimosas forever.
1: <sighs> so good.
0: And this week we are talking about episode two. Uh, well, we are talking about Gossip Girl, the original um, and I would say greatest version of Gossip Girl available. Uh <laughs> the one from 2007. We are talking about episode two of season one, "The Wild Brunch," and that's why we're bringing up brunch. This episode was directed by Mark Piznarski uh, and written by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage, the career, well, the creators of the show. Obviously, all the show is based upon the books by Cecily von Zygasser. I'm going to mispronounce that name every single time.
1: Just call us Cecily. I think we're on a. I think we can. We're on first name basis by this stage.
0: Shall yes, we? I feel I feel that we are on first name terms by now. Yeah, which she may wish that we weren't by the end of the <laughs> end of the series.
1: <laughs> no, nah, you watch sales are going to skyrocket because of this podcast. You just wait.
0: Definitely not the new show that's out on on streaming services. It's just this podcast.
1: Nah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> no, but we can claim. Who's gonna? Can you prove that? You probably can't even prove that.
0: Probably not. No, that's
1: right. That's my understanding of stats.
0: So, The Wild Brunch, this is the episode yes. where, in the wake of the scandalous Kiss on the Lips party, Serena receives an icy cold reception from Blair. And to be honest, that is everything that happens in this episode. There is, like, three conversations, and they go to brunch.
1: Yeah. It's it's a good brunch. I mean, it's a good it's brunch. It's a good brunch. Yeah. This is our first introduction to Bart. Bart Bass. Oh, yeah, Bart Bass. Which, by the way, excellent character name. Just
0: yeah. top notch for writing.
1: Mm, love it. Uh, it's Bart Bass's Brunch. Um, now, fun fact, what is this? What is the, what's the go? Why is this called The Wild Brunch again? Is okay, so. Based off, what, what is this a reference to?
0: This is a reference to the film The Wild Bunch from, oh, I want to say the mid-50s. So The Wild Bunch, this is spoilers for Wild Bunch. That was one of the first films that actually killed off all the main, not the cast, they didn't kill the cast. They killed off all the characters at the end of the film. And this became one of the, <laughs> one of the cool ways of storytelling, because before that you had a lot of heroes who would always survive no matter what. It's like the hero ends the film. Um, the Wild Bunch, yeah. I'm pretty certain, was a Western. I'm,
2: I'm oh. pretty
0: certain it was a Western because I am not up to date on my Westerns. Westerns were never no, really just- one that I actually looked into very often when I was studying film. I was a lot more about comedies and, well, they made me study dramas. Um, my quick quick Google then proves that it is actually a Western starring Ernest Borgnine and Robert Ryan and directed by Sam Peckinpah, uh, who I have seen the name a, a number of times. I can't remember why. Either way, 1969, revisionist Western, rated R, so it was quite a edgy oh, film for the scandalous. time.
1: Scandalous. Yeah. I'm just really glad you gave us that spoiler for that movie that came out, what, 60 years ago. That was That's very kind of you.
0: <laughs> to be fair, I feel that not many people will have seen it. Not many people listening to this episode <laughs> will have seen The Wild Bunch and may go, hmm, so it's based on that. It's not. It's not. Nothing to do with it. But this is the thing that Gossip Girl 2007, which is how I'm going to refer to this show henceforth, um, oh, has seven. every single... Every single... Um, Episode title is named after a film of a sort. I was going to say of a great film, but that's not necessarily true in some cases. It's just named after a film and usually a quite film. a famous film uh, for whatever yeah. reason. And this one is The Wild Bunch. And I'm pretty certain it was chosen because Bunch and Brunch are easy to to connect
1: well, I would argue as well that you could probably discuss I mean if we if to get to jump straight into the episode. But mm-hmm. like so if they all if all the characters die at the end of the Wild Bunch, I would argue that no one really has a happy ending at the end of this episode. Like we're left on just a That's whole true. bunch of cliffhangers not knowing like no one comes out of this episode being like, sweet, that was a rad day Oh, maybe Jenny. Maybe.
0: Uh Raggedy McCurchin Waffles does have a pretty good um <laughs> okay. pretty good storyline for that she's living her best life she is um, she is she's getting some flowers Oh, I mean, a lot of a lot of the things that she's um done through the episode do kind of a little bit come back to haunt her i guess yeah now we'll point out at this point that this is a spoiler free podcast uh for yes. the rest of the series there is one yeah. key element of gossip girl 2007 um, that we will um. be talking about a lot in depth uh simply because yeah. the season finale revealed that the I can't even think of what the word is that means, the title character of Gossip Girl. I sure. would say
1: title character, but yeah, I didn't but, study cinema.
0: The, the title character, the eponymous, I'm pretty certain it is. Um, the hippopotamus? The what? The,
1: hippo- the hippopotamus
0: the character God. of Gossip Girl. <laughs> the eponymous character of Gossip Girl is, in fact, uh, Dan Humphrey.
1: Dun, dun, dun!
0: Yeah. So this is what we will be viewing the entire series in the lens of, that Dan Humphrey is this Gossip Girl character who posts gossip about about the friends of this Upper East Side school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it does, in fact, open with Gossip Girl talking about, hey, there's a brunch on and this is why brunch is amazing. This is what the Upper East Side do. Uh, And you know what? I can relate to that. I'm down with brunch. I think it's a great idea.
1: I have to be. I don't get, they got very dressed up for brunch. I think most of the brunches I attend are usually like post a 5am, you know, like departure from insert name of like club here and then meet, you know, to consume a bunch of bacon yeah. at 10 o'clock the next morning.
0: Bacon. So I'm not waffles, usually looking.
1: Basically. Yeah. 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 Like I'm definitely not looking like Blair Waldorf on most of my brunches.
0: Well, I'm wondering, um, cause it was a brunch for a foundation. So it's also a charity event. It's like they have to dress Mm. up. I'm wondering if brunch... Well, we see a little bit later in the episode that Serena shows up to see Blair and is like, hey, we've got our tradition. We do brunch together. Yeah. That was a bit more of a
1: casual affair. That's true. Yeah, so
0: maybe they have casual ones every week, but this is a fancy one, so they're doing a fancy thing. Uh, Yeah. But one of the key things is that um, Dan isn't invited to, to brunch, and Gossip Girl points this out. In particular, Dan just nagging himself already from the, 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 from the get-go.
1: Oh, Lonely Boy.
0: Is he? Is, are uh. they calling him Lonely Boy yet? Or are they just not even mentioning him at all?
1: Oh, I don't know. I assumed he was always Lonely Boy because they kind of have it's like S and B. I don't know what Chuck's called. I think Chuck is just Chuck.
0: Yeah, it's probably just Chuck. Just Chuck Bass.
1: Is Nate just called Highlights? Or I'm not sure what <laughs> Nate's. I'm not sure what Nate's. Name I think,
0: is. I think if people don't even remember who Dan is, Nate doesn't have a chance. It's like Nate, <laughs> I actually really like Nate as a character a lot of the time, but Nate is one of the blandest guys in this show.
1: Yeah. I've seen two D squares that have more dimensions than Nate Archibald. Like yes. it's yeah. uh it's unfortunate. But it's also, yeah. you know what, it's refreshing. I like seeing a Himbo on a show. i l I'm hey, here for it.
0: It's not really fair. Chase Crawford like he's got a lot of charisma and he, he's pretty enough that it's just mm. Nate has got no personality beyond girl. I like girl.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, this reminds me it's like an SNL skit about um, if a He Man action figure came alive and it and it has that energy it's just I'll I'll will I'll have to link that later. It's uh Oh yeah, yeah. That's exactly
0: <laughs> it. That's exactly uh, it. Anyway, I, I like cool. Anyway, we do see the yeah. um, the fallout from last episode. This episode's going to pick up basically the next morning after the yeah. the scandalous kiss on the lips party, as we said pre- or mm-hmm. heard previously in the in the synopsis. Uh, and Dan mm-hmm. is checking up on his his little sister Raggedy Raggedy McCurchin Waffles because she was sexually assaulted by Chuck Bass the night before, um, and she's kind of fed up with his his attempts to check on her. It's like, yeah, you checked on me when I brushed my teeth and when I woke up this morning and when I walked out to the kitchen to get a to get an orange and when I went back into my room, he checked yeah. on me then. It's like, I'm still okay. Well, yeah. she's not, is my point, that she's not okay. No. Uh, but, but yeah, she's, she's
1: still entering into the world. She but she is. does blame herself as well, which is very sad. I, there was a, there's that line in there where she's like, oh, it's my own fault for thinking Chuck would like me. And it's like, well, it's not, but...
0: That's sad. That that Chuck Bass would want to talk to me. It's like, you don't want to talk to Chuck Bass. Chuck yeah. Bass is good for one thing, and that's getting kids drugs. It's like, that's... Well,
1: yeah. You don't want to talk to Chuck yet. In, in future seasons, we all want to have long conversations with Ed Westwick. I mean, Chuck Bass. Do, do
0: we, though? Um. All right, anyway, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> uh, and what I, I like... This scene, actually. I think it's a good one because um, Raggedy kind of just um, deflects. Yes. If you can come up with a better she name does. for her than, than, her, she than what no. she actually is. She deflects from the concern that, that Dan is showing for her um, and yeah. because she is not okay. She's saying she's okay. But she's not. So she deflects to how Dan's uh, date with Serena um, ended the night before, which did mm-hmm. not end well. He managed to pull a really impressive adolescent boy farewell. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mainly a comedy of errors that he managed to, I think he got hit in the face with a car door and then just kind of gave her this weird wave.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was very much like secondhand. You could feel the secondhand embarrassment through the screen.
0: Yeah. I mean, it beats an awkward hug, but it's not great for him.
1: Uh, or that awkward if you know if you go and someone's going to kiss you on the cheek, but you go for the wrong cheek and then you accidentally make contact and you're like, oh god, yeah. oh, oh awkward, is,
0: yeah. Like, so how about I just yeah. get in the cab now and never see you again?
1: Yeah, yeah. But Lonely Boy doesn't do that. He decides. I think that what is the line? Like, oh, you've got no dignity. You know, if you've lost all your dignity, well, you may as well just go talk to her because, like, can't get any worse. And he's like, yeah, that's right. I'll just go and rock up to her ridiculous hotel. I think Jenny
0: myself. talks him into it. I think he's just like, no, I'm just going to sit on my my little sad couch and and mope, uh, like I've been doing for the last 17 years. And Jenny's <laughs> like, um, what if you don't? What if you actually like be proactive about something?
1: Well, that's because she wants to. I think there's a she wants to be proactive as well, though, right? Like yeah. she's got plans to be. Yeah, this is the first claw of little Jay to be wanting to be the main character. You're yeah. not, but nice try. <laughs>
0: She's the little sibling. Of course she wants to be the main character. And Dan, to be fair, is wasting being the main character in this this show. Uh, But we do get a nice little intercut between their conversation and Serena and her little siblings' conversation. Yes. uh, As they discuss the exact same thing. And Um, what I love is that Serena is under the impression that this means that Dan doesn't like her. Yeah. It's like not Dan is a weirdo. It's... (laughs) no, he must not have liked me if he didn't, you know, f- try to fill me up in the back of the cab when his sister had been sexually assaulted. Obviously, he doesn't like me.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and what's his, what's the brother's name again? And his, his response is like, yeah, of course, because oh, Eric, because no what, no, no man in the whole, like, world could not like Serena Vanderwood. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. Like, I'm sure there's a couple. Like, bless you being a hype squad for your sister, but.
0: He is the slightly- best hype squad for her.
1: He, he really is. he Well, he's far more – you get the feeling that he's like the older sibling, stuck in yeah. the younger sibling's body sometimes.
0: Yeah, that's definitely at true. Least, Eric, at least
1: before she, before she left.
0: I'm, I don't want to bring it down, but Eric, I mean, he's recovering from a suicide attempt and he's got a lot – he's in a lot of therapy right now because he's in the institution. Yeah, I'm wondering if that has helped him a hell of a lot and he's able to kind mm. of use a lot of the therapy that he's receiving to now be like – I can see a lot of the problems that my sister is now facing and I can give advice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. True. That's definitely one way to look at it. He definitely, yeah. He like, if we were again talking like to bring it back to D and D watch this. Uh, it's almost like Eric has like high whiz character, right? Like he's he starting to get that ability. It's like, yeah, see, and that's what, what is, you're here for folks. Solid
0: what is high, <laughs> what is high wisdom except high empathy? Yeah. Right. So one of the other elements of that scene is Serena kind of going, you know what, maybe I don't actually need a guy, which is, you know, probably what she doesn't need. If, yeah, and uh, that's
1: when a timer should pop up on the screen of, like, yeah. how long that lasts for. You know what, I could be a single independent woman for 15 minutes.
0: 15 minutes of screen time, probably a little bit less in in actual life.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, right? Because I think it's legit, like, isn't the next scene where she's, like, at the hotel and she sees Dan at the counter? Is that...
0: No, no, she no, no, goes I to see Blair was- first.
1: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right.
0: Cuz right. she decides I don't need a I don't need a guy, but I do need to go and talk with Blair because things ended kind of weird last yeah. night and I need to go see her. Yeah. And that means we get to cut yeah. to Blair. Well, actually, we see um we Dan's uh, uh, Dan's decision to go and um refuse his dignity and see Serena again um is backed up by by Raggedy, who says, no, 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 I'll come too. That's a, that's a great idea. I've got yeah. someone else to see uh, who is also Blair, basically. Everyone's coming yes. to see Blair at the moment. Uh, and yeah. we cut to Blair, who's also recovering from her her night at the Kiss on the Lips party. She's got, well, I love that there is a note. This is how we explain away Eleanor Waldorf, Blair's yes. mother. There yes. is a note on a dress that says, gone to Paris, brunch at such and such, and he, wear this. Yeah. And that's basically why Blair's mother not in the the episode today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is okay with that. That is just normal that your parent just jets off to Paris and leaves you by yourself in New York alone.
0: She's got a maid.
1: But Dorota doesn't live with them, I don't think. No, Rhoda so. not live in, is she? So like that oh, still no. means that you've got a 15-year-old staying by by herself.
0: 16. In but, yeah. but, still
1: these irresponsible parents.
0: She's got the um, the interchangeable sidekicks. They they yeah, seem true. to have stayed overnight with her. I, I'm yes. not going to be able to learn their names until someone actually says it right. in the show. I don't think that's actually been addressed yet. Which is do they ever?
1: Say, I don't
0: think they have names. I'm sure they do. It's like Anna or I don't know Michaela or something.
1: Becky.
0: Yeah. I don't. No, I don't have no, no upper idea. Upper side. They're mind. not going to be Becky. Becky. They're not going to be Becky in the upper east side. Becca. Becca maybe. Maybe. Uh, Becca. So she with their matching that, turbans. There's a great line when she decides to call Nate and kind of remind him that the brunch is on.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, it's revolting.
0: It is. It is the. <laughs> it almost feels like she is playing it up. Mm. That she's like, I'm going to call Nate because he's my boyfriend and I love him. And it's like, yeah, what? who are you trying to convince? Your friends or yourself?
1: Yeah, it, it, it feels, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's the act, like I don't, I think it's meant to come off like that. Like I don't think yep. it's poor acting on like me just back. I think it's meant to come across as yeah. Oh, let me, and it's cause it's very visible in front of her friends as well to be like, oh wait, I am just going to call him. Hello, was it not dearest? She's like, she even answers it like super weird. Like, yeah, uh, like some pet name that you're like, Blair that's, don't do that.
0: I wonder if Nate remember brunch. It would be so wrong for me to show up without
2: my boyfriend whom I love. And who loves me.
0: Hello. Hi, sweetie. Did I wake you? No, I'm up. Well, get some strong coffee and jump in the shower, sleepyhead. Chuck's dad's brunch for his foundation is today at the palace.
2: Oh, right, of course.
1: <laughs> That's not you
0: it's it's odd that. it feels like she's just making fun of herself in in that record there's yeah. so much stuff going on with Blair in just these two episodes yeah but that in particular is a, a weird one Um yeah. but Nate is hungover as fuck <laughs> so he's in Chuck Bass's suite he's just asleep on the couch I like this couch actually right. it's a pretty cool couch um and I think he's just like chilling there he wakes up there's poker chips and cards and things on the table and like empty bottles and chuck's in bed with like two hotel staff or something
1: yeah which again so again just to double check chuck is meant to be what 16 and i'm assuming that that the legal age to like there's just so many things are wrong with that the fact that like you would assume that the staff that work at the hotel are fully fledged adults and they are sleeping with like a school student. And they like... are
0: sleeping with their boss's underage son.
1: Yeah. 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 And I don't know, maybe it's so weird though. I think this is a sign that I'm getting older as like, as a, as a human though, because I think when I watched that, that wouldn't have even clicked. But now I'm especially like, as, as an educator, I'm like, Oh, what, what is this? This is where are your parents? What is happening here?
0: I yeah I have a I remember when this came out and it was kind of a scandalous thing that oh my god Chuck has had a threesome it's like so I
1: think there's yeah yeah and I think there's also more to one but like that's not the the concern here
0: no but then again did he I mean Nate has, seems to have been in the room all night I feel that nothing happened there <laughs> nothing happened in that suite they passed out it's like Chuck passed out Nate passed out the girls are like well technically we're still on the clock because somebody's covering our shift so we'll have a nap
1: but you wouldn't nap next to Chuck I would nap on like a couch or I would nap anywhere else no, but that's, he, oh, that's
0: true <laughs> there's there's I a lot of stuff know going if I on I
1: not put it past Chuck to remain, to not do something in a room like I've backpacked around Europe I've stayed in many a hostel like I think that I wouldn't
0: put it past Chuck. Chuck, the man who tried to sexually assault a fifteen-year-old earlier in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, it's it's the more I rewatch these early episodes as as you know Chuck Stan, it, it's really hard now going back to be like, oh. God's yeah. Finding it very hard to justify really liking you.
0: Chuck really but is great, kind of set right? up as an antagonist, but he's supposed to have some depths. But he's yeah. He, he's just a he's horrible redeemable. person. Is he though? well we do get um in this scene as they wake up and realize, oh, we've got to go to brunch because <laughs> I love that. There's a, a line. It's like, no, it's fine. We didn't have to get up. The alarm set for nine. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's ten. It's, it's ten. It's like we've
1: all been there. All
0: there. right, I guess we get up. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, whatever. Uh, that was the
1: first time that Gossip Girl was relatable. That I'm like, yeah, I've, we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been we've
0: there. We've all been there. I also love that they mentioned Chuck's black eye that Dan. Like, hit when Dan hit him the night before, and Chuck has no idea. He's like, When I find out who that guy is, it's like Dan very specifically said his name to you as he punched you, and you're just like, No, no, completely forgettable person. I love it. And then, and then Nate makes fun of uh, Chuck's scarf, which is amazing, and one of the reasons I love Nate. Yeah, it's uh, iconic.
1: This is also the moment though where they make. The world's weirdest morning after shake as well. I went actually back and rewatched this a couple of times to try and work it out because they put sparkling water in a blender, and then they put in, uh, yeah, exactly. And then they what? put in like what looks to be like a matcha green tea powder, and then he pulls mm-hmm. out an eyedropper and put something in like from an eyedropper. And I'm like, okay, what And he's like, what, what, what are you making? Like, yeah, who that's cast that? You could have just put some fruit. You you could have put so many things to not make that as complex. And and who's blending sparkling water from the beginning? Chuck Bass. Oh, evidently. <laughs> evidently. I,
0: I wonder, the dropper has to be some sort of drug or vodka or something. I mean, I can see it being actually a kind of a, a good way of adding vodka to something because Chuck's nothing if he's not extra. Uh, it's like no pouring yeah. from the bottle for Chuck. It's from an eyedropper. So I'm going to.
1: For that precision. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I take Major Killer shots in an aerosol form. It's like this is what um this is what Chuck Bass is about.
1: Yeah. But anyway, that was my takeaway. This is this is what I get from Gospel as I rewatch it. I just look at all these things, I'm like, why? Why were those choices made? Why did you do that? Like anyway.
0: There's a lot that's of That's not choices.
1: related to Dizzy uh, at all. That's it's just not weird.
0: That's just weird. Well I think again that this is <laughs> when <laughs> One of the things about this is that we're seeing what life is supposedly like on the Upper East Side Mm. and this idea of this is what you do when you're a wealthy teenager trying to cure a hangover. You make this bizarre mixture. I mean, in the previous episode, he had a grilled cheese with truffle oil. And it's like, I think it was like Gruyere. It wasn't just regular cheddar. It was like, no, no, Gruyere and truffle oil on bread. It's like, he's a fancy extra boy. And even the brunch that we see that doesn't look like any brunch we've been to. It's like, there is no bacon. There is no egg. There seems (laughs) to be a lot of fruit. And yes, they're serving mimosas and champagne, but it is this very white tie. um, Let's have a punch bowl with, with in the Hampton sort of affair.
1: Yeah. Uh, I do believe actually the dress code, I think only from a line from what Bart says later on the episode, he talks about it being uh, in reference to Chuck's black eye. He's like, uh chuck i think you'll find the invite said black tie not black eye oh. who has a like black tie just brunch? yeah and none of them are in black tie but you know but let's give them let's give them you know the joke and give them the benefit of the yeah. doubt for a, for a solid like pun i'll, I'll give them that uh I mean, chuck is a also great... wearing a white suit do i get yeah. to digress on that but that's you can you didn't digress
0: on the white suit no go for it
1: yeah um no no white no white suits or white suits it's the and tiff, and like white is usually a color for like heroes but then when you see it all in a suit it's instantly the villain 2 Face, chuck bass uh and there's another one i thought of another superhero that always wears a white suit very much like a zoot suit um um, 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 um the name eludes me anyway white. there are bird. a number i mean and, i can and think it's of... just unfashionable
0: well actually yeah a white suit very much if it's a white tuxedo it's james bond
1: is he white? There get. are a number of times that Sean
0: Connery was in the white tux.
1: Oh, the only Sean Connery I know is him in that Terry Towling short onesie by the pool. <laughs> that is my Sean Connery. That is the only image I can cast. And that I'm so, that, must, that I I sounds die. like Goldfinger
0: to me. So I'm guessing he's yeah, also in the Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm 99%
1: yeah. sure it's Goldfinger. I'm actually going to Google it right now. It's my favorite picture. Sean Fair. Connery, Terry Talling. Oh, so good. <laughs> It's
0: got a finger. I thought it might be.
1: Oh, bless! Where see? Where is this fashion coming back? This is what I actually want. I want Gossip Girl set in the back in the what was this sixties? The sixties. That's that's when that's when men's fashion was
0: like. Gossip Girl does have a very sixties aesthetic, given the um, the obsession that Blair seems to have with Breakfast at Tiffany's, and I think this mm. is not too long after this scene we get um, Serena showing up to see Blair and saying, this is our tradition. What, what are you doing? Why are we got a, a, you weren't expecting me. It's like, okay, if I show up because we have a tradition of brunch, sleep, like sleepover yeah. brunch and then watching breakfast at Tiffany's together.
1: Blair, it's Sunday morning, coffee, croissants, breakfast at Tiffany's, it's our tradition. I have new traditions now. Well, they're not traditions if they're new.
0: So that's, that's a great thing. This is line. where she,
1: you know, she, rocks up with the, she rocks up with the croissants and, like, a fresh DVD of Breakfast at Tiffany as well, which gives yeah. the illusion that every time they watch it, they buy a fresh DVD. Like, it feels like in this, in this kind of, like, household, DVDs are a one-time thing. You watch them once, you get rid of them, because who can be bothered putting them back in the case? We'll just buy a new one when we want to watch that movie again. Because this is pre-streaming days.
0: That is possible um, for younger <laughs> listeners. A DVD was... <laughs> A small disc that you could put into a what well, imaginably called a DVD player, uh, mm. and you could watch movies. It was like Netflix, yeah. but on a disc. Mm. Yeah,
1: and a uh, movie was what came before TikTok when things were more than fifteen <laughs> seconds.
0: I uh, actually think there's a reason why she has a fresh DVD, given that oh, okay. we know that Serena is living in a hotel. Um, yeah. We learned this episode that she's living in a hotel because her mother doesn't like the colour of the walls in their actual house. And
1: Legitimate excuse.
0: If everything, all of her stuff has been pack, packed up, maybe her DVD is in a box in a storage cupboard somewhere and she's not going to go rooting through that whole thing just for the DVD when okay. she can stop by JB, the, the Upper East Side version of JB hi <laughs> <laughs> and grab a copy and just bring it over to Blair's because Blair of course would not have one yeah. herself. The idea of Blair having any sort of electronic devices just on display like most people have DVDs nowadays mm. or at least I do mm. um does not fit with the Blair aesthetic at all. So, I feel no. like that Serena's the one that has to bring everything for her.
1: Fair enough. I we you know what? With that with that justification, I will I will retract my previous comment.
0: I mean, I believe it. That, that sounds
1: fair. That sounds much more, much more on brand. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just like the fact that, yeah, they just came prepared with this stuff. Even though the fact they've watched it every week, apparently, yeah. like none of them would have a copy. Anyway. Well, so I don't even think there's a TV in the room. Like, I actually can't, didn't spot a TV in the set, so...
0: I assume there's a TV in Blair's room. I feel that the Waldorf's don't have a a TV in their living room like regular uh... humans. <laughs> Wait, what else do you point your furniture at? It's
1: next level. Apart from a TV? Yeah. Just a a great, beautiful piece of art from some upper, maybe from like a Brooklyn art gallery, just, you know, you bring it over, something like really (laughs) kind of like modern.
0: Or um, possibly the window and just look at the view outside your window since you're living in the Upper East Side, probably overlooking the park.
1: And in a penthouse. Yes. Wait, Blaze in the Penthouse? Yeah. I'm, and they've
0: got the stairs too. There's a I'm gorgeous set sure. of stairs heading up um, to the rooms themselves. So actually, that makes a lot more sense yeah. that they're in the penthouse. Okay, well, yeah. that will change a lot of my notes in future episodes, I'm sure. <laughs> is this the one?
1: Is this. Uh, once Serena arrives, this is when. Jenny, oh, I'm not. I'm. I. I can't you refuse to it. call
0: her Raggedy McCurchin Waffles? There's a good reason why just, she's McUrchin Waffles because one scene we just skipped over is that when she and Dan leave, they run into their dad Rufus and he's going to make waffles. And he's like, he makes great waffles, but the kids uh, are going out. And it's like, she's yeah. like, no, no waffles for Raggedy McCurchin Waffles. No.
1: Look, Rufus's parenting game is not strong, I have to admit, this episode. He lets his kids go out the night before. In, mm. in fact, encourages Jenny to go to the party. Then mm. in the morning when they are just trampsing out, he's like, no stress. I'll just let you like run across New York by yourselves. No stress. Don't tell me where you're going. All oh, gee. And the, then.
0: He's a free spirit. Later
1: on. Yeah. He's very much. He yeah, had the leather choker definitely was a, was a hint <laughs> to that in this episode. Like it's a brave, a brave soul. I think to rock a leather choker. As a fully fledged adult, like he, bless if you do, kudos. I like. I don't have that confidence, but I respect anyone else who does.
0: He's going through some stuff. He's <laughs> he's trying to take care of two teenage kids. His wife's upstate. Yeah. He's got a music, yeah. like a failing mu- rock band. He's running a gallery in Brooklyn. He's trying to fit in with the aesthetic. Okay, he's a, he yeah. can pull off the leather bracelet, leather neck, then leather choker if he wants.
1: Yeah. And his short sleeve shirt,
0: bless Rufus. Oh, Rufus! You know what?
1: He does stand out from everyone else.
0: Yeah, he does. So, he does. I feel that Brooklyn wasn't quite as hipster uh, back then as it is now. So Rufus was kind of cutting edge for, uh, yeah. for Brooklyn then, and like now the it's just OG exactly hipsters. Rufus. So like now everyone looks like Rufus. Rufus was the trendsetter <laughs> that made Brooklyn what it is.
1: Maybe it was all. It all comes back to Rufus. It He's really, the really hidden noticed. gem of Gossip Girl. It's not about Lonely Boy. It's about Lonely Boy's dad the whole time.
0: I mean, this is why he gets so many scenes.
1: Yeah, I have, sorry, I have no, like, chronological view of this episode. I'm just like, and then this, and then this. I know this happened. I'm not sure when.
0: I know. We, we kind of <laughs> missed. One thing that we missed, actually, which I thought was really cool, was the, um, there were all these little flashes of what was going to come up in the episode. Oh, Yeah. But yeah.
1: that's
0: just because the
1: first one was
0: a pilot, right? Yeah. Or but they. they right never... at the start? Right at the start. They do the whole intro and they kind of set all the pieces of this is where everyone's heading. Like Serena's going to see Blair and Nate's going to see Serena and Dan's going to see Blair and Jenny's going to see... Um... Oh, Nate's going to see Serena, and it's like everyone's—you're figuring out where they're all going to go. And then it goes, "What's going to happen?" These are all the pieces in play. Let's see. And they do all these little flashes of of Blair getting undressed, and Blair angry at something, and Nate um, holding Chuck back from from Dan, and all this kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm just like, "This is really cool." I'm kind of into this this technique. I—do they do this for like the rest of the show? They don't. Not to spoil it, but they stopped doing it. This was something that Battlestar Galactica did. uh, Uh Probably around the same time, actually. And it was awesome because they do the much shorter clips, like almost half-second images of something that would be occurring. And it might be just someone running through woods or a ship or someone pointing a gun at someone else. Like key moments of the the episode. But you didn't actually know how they were going to fit in. And they were never in order. It was just kind of all over the place. And it had this really great drum beat to go along with it, uh, just like oh. as intercutting the the shots. So it really ramped up the tension before you went boom, and now we've got the episode, and you're like, oh, there's going to be some stuff. Some of that stuff's going to be in this episode. That's going to be fun. Was it?
1: Would it? Would it be uh, to put it into a technical term? Would it be foreshadowing?
0: It would indeed.
1: <gasps> it is
0: wonderful foreshadowing.
1: Thank you, Year Ten Media Studies.
0: We I should get, get into foreshadowing. Somewhere. But But we shan't. (laughs) Foreshadowing is not in my notes. Ergo, we will talk about it in a future episode. That's foreshadowing.
1: (laughs) Yay.
0: So Dan has headed over to see Serena um, and he comes across. Well, he stops by the the concierge who he met yesterday, uh, who is my personal favorite character in this whole damn episode, uh, Dexter the concierge. (laughs) And the nonchalant realizes,
1: NPC. I know, he's so good. Who's just not having a bar
0: of it. He's so good. He um, basically discovers that Serena's just left. Uh, and he's like, well, well, can I wait? And Dexter's response is, sure. One time she went out and didn't come back for six months, but yeah. <laughs> you could sit and wait for her if you want. Oh, my gosh.
1: And Dan's such a so poor lady, but he's like, he, oh. I feel like he could have had a witty repartee there and he instead chose to just take that one on the chin and
0: This is why Dan's a writer. He has um what's the mm. what's the uh the <laughs> the French term for the wit of the stairway which I learned from a peanuts comic uh that he has he's really good with that the comeback that you think of 10 minutes later, when you're halfway down the staircase away from Uh, the confrontation. And this is why he's always writing because then he always gets the perfect moment when it's actually in the, in the conversation with someone. No, no, he doesn't have the rejoinder at all. He's not great at it, which we do see in a moment when he runs into Lily as well. um, Who's already run into Nate again, looking for Serena because everyone loves Serena.
1: Everyone loves Serena.
0: (sighs) And, um, yeah, Nate's looking for Serena and Lily's like, well, you two always got along pretty soon. She's got a crush on you. It's like, yeah, I mean, they had sex for a reason.
1: Yeah. But also, like, she knows that Nate is, like, she would very much be aware that Nate is with Blair.
0: Oh, yeah, um, she mentions that like, Blair why and even, Nate are the best couple.
1: Yeah. So why, why, why even mention the fact that your daughter might have, like, just, you just you don't have to say that, Lily. You know what? You can just say, hey, Nate, so lovely to see you. You and Blair great. I guess you just need to see my my daughter for very civil friendship style reasons that well, are I, definitely not at all to do with, you know, love.
0: I hadn't realised, but um, Lily's actually getting out of the exposition elevator uh, and needs to explain <laughs> to the audience where all the characters fit in. Uh, and all their relationships. So she has to mention that, oh, yeah, Nate and Serena have a thing. This is what we get in a in a <laughs> second episode of a show.
1: No, but that's because this is what happens outside of Blair's elevator as well. Like, yep. whenever anyone enters that freaking house. Oh, my
0: God, that's amazing. Yeah. Is that an we...
1: actual term? or is No, that a, I, is that I
0: feel I just made either. it up. It might be a thing. <laughs> but I feel that we're going to see oh, the exposition God. elevator a lot. Yeah, I'm
1: thinking well, between... That hotel where Serena is between Blair's house, and then in later episodes when they actually move into their other house, um, did the Humphreys have an elevator? I don't feel. I feel I like don't think, just I big... think they have stairs. Yeah,
0: the loft wouldn't have an elevator poor
1: in their million poor, dollar yeah. Brooklyn loft.
0: Yeah, but the the fact that there is an exposition elevator at all is one of the, the key parts of this that we do because it's a second episode of a show. And Mm. we need to get an idea of who all these characters are again because there will be people who didn't Mm. see the first episode uh, because this was back when television was week to week. You didn't have DVDs. Well, we did, but we didn't have them out because the show had only just started airing and you couldn't binge watch stuff. So I think you were saying off off air about how this being the group, sort of uh, a D&D group or an RPG group kind of coming together and working out Mm. where all the people are. In the situation, Um, and this is sort of what we see in this episode. That's what it lays out all the different relationships and it lays out all the drama that we're going to see coming up later on down the season. We learn that Nate and Serena had a thing, but Nate's Mm -hmm. Nate's in love with Blair, but also Blair's got a clash with Serena for other reasons. And yeah,
1: is he in love with Blair? Is he?
0: I, I wish we could see more of their actual relationship when it's not at this level of drama. (laughs) because <laughs> uh,
1: i think i think they're both just comfortable because they mentioned yeah. in the first episode they mentioned they've been dating for like years right since i think it's like junior school or something they mentioned yeah. so you would assume which you know two years in teenage life is like 20 years in adult life
0: yeah they're just going to um, everything about each other
1: yeah well absolutely they've they've t- technically been together for a large fraction of their lives their very short lives anyway So I think they're just very much like that's they've always been together and that's the thing and it's Nate and Blair and Blair and Nate and that's just what happens in the world. And they will just, you know, go down that ocean until
0: Serena comes back. Yeah, and Serena has come back and uh, she's gone to see Blair and is talking Uh about how, why are things weird with you and me, Blair? What's the deal? And Blair's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have had sex with my boyfriend. It's like, oh. Oh, you know about that, do you? And he's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, Nate told me. You didn't tell me. Yeah. Thought we were friends. It's, oh, dear. That's, um, that's fair. Um, yeah. Serena doesn't handle it well, um, I would say. No.
1: Yeah, she... yeah.
0: Does she actually apologize? If she did, I must have missed it.
1: Um... I don't think she explicitly apologises, but I no, I think she doesn't think she says, I feel so, I feel so bad. I think might be the yeah. statement instead of I like, it's not, a, it's not, I'm sorry, but it's yeah.
0: Yeah. Open communication isn't great from a lot of these characters, which is fair. Cause they're teenagers.
1: And they're emotionally stunted from their parents that also don't know how to communicate emotions. So, you know, apples and trees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's looking at you,
1: Barbass. looking at you. <laughs>
0: We'll we'll get to Bart Bass in time. Uh so anyway, <laughs> Serena just leaves. She's like, Okay, I feel that this is probably the best for me just to just to go. Uh yeah. which is about the time that Jenny shows up. uh crazy up to see Blair Wild. supposedly yeah. to leave the calligraphy pens uh, that she borrowed um, from um, from Blair. But Blair yeah. sees through this ruse, this cunning um this cunning deception that <laughs> that Jenny has. And basically, he says you're here to find out what Chuck's saying about you. Yeah, which is kind of true.
1: Yeah, it's super odd though to me that she goes straight to Blair with that. Like, yeah.
0: Well, who else does she know?
1: Serena.
0: Yeah, yeah, but Serena can't. Serena doesn't know what Chuck's saying. He's not going to be talking to her. I mean, clearly, it's not on Gossip Girl yet. Because um, Dan hasn't mentioned it at all.
1: Oh, true, 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 true. Oh no, doesn't.
0: Oh no, and you're it, right. It yeah. Be. Either way, I also wonder. I feel that Jenny's actually looking for an ally in this, mm, mm. Um, and just kind of saying a little bit of does Does this happen a lot? Am I not? Am I responding the right way? Yeah. Is her yeah. response and and also. This is also a danger for my prospects at the school. The, the, the popular hmm. boy has been mean to me, but he is the popular boy and he can make up lies about me and, and yeah. other things. And People Blair, are going to believe him over me. Yeah. Blair has the telling line that Chuck brags about his conquests, not his victims. Yeah. Ugh. Fucking hell.
1: Yeah. Gross. This so is- gross.
0: This is loose dare behavior if I've ever seen it. It's like let's just that's just Chuck. You don't you don't leave people in a room alone with Chuck if you. Yeah, Yeah. it's creepy as fuck. Boys will be boys.
1: Basses will be basses. That's
0: just Chuck.
1: Like what (laughs) the fuck? Yeah, Uh,
0: I'm I'm not pleased with it, but that seems to be just the way it is. Uh, However, what I am pleased with is the next little bit that um Jenny kind of or Blair's just like kind of looking Jenny up and down. And mm. very considering expression on her face, and um, they met. They speak about Serena a little bit, and Blair asks, "Are you Serena's friend?" And Jenny's like, "Well, I mean, I know her, but I wouldn't say I'm friends with her if you don't want me to be friends with her." Yeah. And there is a moment. This is where I get the. I think I mentioned last week about the the gossip gaze, where it was very clearly <laughs> like a. Jenny was this pawn between the two exes of Serena and Blair, and this scene is where it's almost yeah. explicit, because yeah. Blair's just like, yeah. "Hey, come with me, help me get changed and ready for blood brunch."
1: Yeah,
0: and it's just like you're just wandering around in your underwear, Blair. This girl is yeah. fifteen. What What are you doing? Why do you want her there to?
1: Yeah, and also, where did the minions go?
0: Yeah, well, they have to go home and get ready for their brunch.
1: Oh. Of course, and they just—they don't say goodbye. Why would
0: you? They just no. silently leave back down. They just
1: teleport it out it again. Smoke bomb. Yeah, uh, this is yeah. how they get everywhere. Yeah, but
0: yeah, there's yeah. there's a vibe between Jenny and Blair at this point. I I don't know what it is, but there's like a definite energy coming off off Blair, and and Jenny is just stage- in awe of her too.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's the thing. Jenny definitely has worshipper syndrome. Like she wants nothing more than to have what Blair has in terms of the house, the clothes, the everything. Um, yeah, this is because this is because this is the line as, well where as they're going up. Jenny says, like, nice flowers and Blair yeah. makes the time to go. Oh, yeah, they're I think it hydrangeas or
0: like hydrangeas. That. Yeah.
1: And it's like, OK, yeah. Great. It's, it seems very explicit. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that motif <laughs> means. I don't know what if hydrangeas mean, like, betrayal or, like, future In, something. And then
0: as they're walking up the stairs, the camera pans down and focuses on the hydrangeas. And I, there was a moment okay. where I was like, is this, like, some sort of lesbian flower symbol? Because clearly <gasps> hydrangeas mean something. Uh, and, I mean, we can spoil the rest of the episode. They basically mean Jenny is going to go buy hydrangeas later on. This is why it's so important.
1: Oh, well, he, you've heard it here f- first, folks. Uh, hydrangeas mean gratitude, grace, and beauty.
0: Well, that tracks with what Blair's trying to, to come across as.
1: Maybe that's what Jenny wants.
0: Yeah, yeah. I feel Whenever something like this happens in the show, I get the feeling it's something that was in the books. And they've just kind of put it in as, Ah. because this makes, I mean, it's an interesting way of doing it, but it's not a particularly, well, actually that's not true. It's not an interesting way of doing it. It certainly (laughs) gets the point that they're trying to make across that Jenny wants to be like Blair, but it's done in this really awkward way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It definitely feels very, but I guess that's what teenage girls, unfortunately teenage girls are not the most subtlest you know, as a, as a generalisation, oh. teenagers are not the subtlest of creatures in their attempts.
0: I'm fine you know. with, with that's the way that Jenny wants to try to be like Blair. Like, getting the same flowers as Blair, yeah. that's great. The way the show shows us that is incredibly yeah. awkward. Being like, nice flowers, yeah. they're hydrangeas. Focus on the hydrangeas. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, she's <laughs> going to get hydrangeas later? That's all you need. You don't have to have... Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely the teething problems. Of this show, they're still trying to figure out where yeah. where everything fits in.
1: Yeah, and that is the first, only, and last problem this show has.
0: Sure, um, it which is.
1: is fine. I think you know, for sure a six, six season show to have one small error like that, that's fine. That's what makes <laughs> In it a the masterpiece second episode
0: it's of, not a yeah, masterpiece.
1: Yeah, I think that's what makes this show a masterpiece of the 2000s. You know, mid 2000s to 2010s teen drama.
0: Okay, I will prove um, you. I will give you a better example of parents in mid-2000s teen drama. And it's useful because the next scene mm-hmm. actually has Lily and Rufus together in a scene. So it is a it, mm-hmm. it's a segue into that scene too. Okay. Lily is not a patch on either of the main mothers in The O.C. The um, never, I don't know what that
1: show is. I've never seen
0: it. What do you mean you haven't seen The <laughs> O.C.? It's Stephanie, it's Stephanie Savage and jo- Josh Schwartz. This is the show they did before <laughs> Gossip Girl. This is what this is the more superior version of Gossip Girl. It's East Coast, West Coast.
1: Oh no, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. That's so weird.
0: Oh my god. I only know have you Gossip it's
1: just so superior, you?
0: <laughs> Oh my god. So
1: I just I just choose to black it out because I only need one superior teen drama in my life sure. and that is Gossip Girl.
0: Sure. Yeah. Either way, Lily is very much a combination of the two mothers from that. The um, the Kirsten Cohen and uh, Julie Cooper. Julie Cooper is very much the marries a lot of times, uh, marries for money in a lot of cases, uh, played by Melinda Clark. Amazing. Also has their own podcast right now, Rewatching the show. I'm just going to, because, you know, there's a chance that they're going to hear this and <laughs> be impressed that I listen to their podcast. <laughs> but Lily... Lily Woodson is actually kind of a combination. She is the the quite wealthy, well to do upper east side, but also the woman who has gone through a lot of marriages and is dealing with teenagers and a yeah, it's an interesting combination um, that I quite like actually. Kind of blending those two characters into one because they're very different. But if I can see me googling frantically to find out yeah, what yeah, um, yeah. Kirsten Cohen looks like and compare. Yeah. Uh, the actor who plays Kirsten Cohen, with Kelly yeah. Rutherford, who yeah. plays Lily. So like there is a distinct yeah. similarity between those two's appearance.
1: <laughs> I would, yeah, I would argue there's not really much of a difference, less that there is a striking similarity. Yeah. Uh it's but not some. The, so. So who's the other mum? Who's the brunette mum in the OC? Uh,
0: the redhead, Melinda Clark. Oh, red. Julie oh, Cooper. Sure.
1: The one who's not blonde. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: Julie Cooper goes through a lot of hairstyles.
1: Oh, okay. Now I Now I'm seeing some better ones that have the the red hair.
0: Julie Cooper is that, an icon. I'm looking at a photo of her before.
1: that looks like literally. I think uh, Blair's mum wears an outfit like this in future episodes. Like Eleanor Waldorf
0: is nowhere. Nothing on on Julie Cooper.
1: Again, if, if I'd watched the if I'd if I'd ever seen the OC, I would uh, you know contribute something to this discussion but I've just never seen it never, you're never really felt missing out
0: you're really Stop missing it. out either way <laughs> Lily and and Rufus well Lily has come out to Brooklyn the The long trip to Brooklyn to see Rufus
1: arduous journey
0: it, it's tough um, the she,
1: Tolkien style trek she,
0: she does say she wants to be out of here before somebody um, throws her to the ground and tries to tattoo her
1: just coffee I'm not staying long I'd like to
0: get out of here before someone throws me down and tattoos me this is Brooklynville, not the Warp Tour.
2: And don't tell me you had all your tattoos removed. I mean, even that one, that little heart-shaped one between
1: your... Uh... Like don't try to be cute, okay? Those days are well behind you.
2: Here I thought I was getting better looking every day.
1: Yeah.
0: Which apparently is what Brooklyn yeah, is known oh. for.
1: Yeah, and that's what they have that very awkward encounter as well where Rufus tries to mention a tattoo. That, yeah. That's, I think, is this the first illusion that, that we know they've been a couple?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Because I think previously that we knew they knew each other, but we didn't yeah. quite know under. You might start to get a vibe, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think there was a uh, vibe between a them previously. But they're definitely being flirty. Because uh, he, he says, do mm. you still have the heart-shaped tattoo between your, and then just under yeah. so I'm like, I'm assuming between her toes.
1: That's very nice of you. That's not what I was assuming.
0: <laughs> Something <laughs> about the, he kind of like points down and he's pointing to the ground. He's like holding his hands all the way oh. out from his body and pointing to the ground. And I'm just like, he's pointing at her feet. So, sure, And that also feels like a Rufus thing to do. Rufus doesn't feel like someone who is crass and brings those things up to make somebody uncomfortable. He's someone who brings up something and then stops knowing mm. that he means something else. And that's kind of what we see here. That Well, this is what we get. Maybe it's just because it's a PG show or yeah. it's a, supposedly a family show and they don't want to be too... Out there. Yeah, it's a
1: family show with underage people having sex with multiple people and doing
0: alcohol and drugs and yeah. sex. It's
1: very family friendly.
0: Super family very, friendly.
1: Very, very family friendly.
0: Yeah. Well, it's all about families.
1: It is. That's true actually. It's it's pretty much it goes like full house and this, like <laughs> beautiful, wholesome family comedies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the two peak family shows. Uh, well, no, you know what? Lily is concerned about her daughter. That is concern for family. Yeah. She is here to see Rufus. Yeah. Uh, Rufus just keeps probing and probing and being like, so why, who are you dating? What's going on? Um, even the fact that he's still married, not stopping her. He just seems to be like enjoying oh. poking Lily for some reason. You know what? Phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs>
1: Maybe, maybe we
0: can put that into the future tense or past tense. Yeah. He enjoyed. He enjoyed. Uh, anyway. The, um,
1: <laughs> is this a family-friendly podcast?
0: It's not. We're we at an explicit that. rating, unfortunately. Um,
1: oh, go to town <laughs> <we, laughs> then. That,
0: that Lily is worried that Serena shouldn't be dating Dan, that Serena has a history. Um, hmm. And Rufus is more of the opinion that, Dan might be exactly what she needs. That um Dan's yeah. steady. Dan definitely and, doesn't have a Well blog essentially that what he, he says runs. is Dan's boring. Dan is boring.
1: Essentially what he says is you won't have any troubles with my son, because my son is lame. Yeah. And maybe that's what your daughter needs. Someone who's a bit lame.
0: Yeah. Don't we that... all
1: need a lonely boy in our life?
0: No. <laughs> no. Not Dan Humphrey. Well, speaking of Dan Humphrey, uh, he and Nate are still waiting for Serena outside the the um, the hotel. Yes. Um, and I do like the little interchange, inter- uh, the ex- little exchange between them, where Dan's like, "So, why are you waiting for Serena?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm just in the neighborhood." And Nate's like, "Why are you waiting for Serena?" He's like, "I'm not in the neighborhood. Not I guess I'll come up with a better excuse." <laughs>
1: This burgeoning, you think? I feel though, even though they, they are you, you don't get a competitive vibe from the two of them, though, weirdly no. enough, you instantly get a bit of a bromance vibe
0: mm. from
1: like the get go with those two. Yeah, um, I, don't,
0: I wonder where that is. I mean, they both got something in common in the sense that they're both in love with Serena. Yeah, but which is
1: what all great friendships are based off, right? Like, I've yeah, definitely some much. of my best yeah. friends are because we met because we both loved the same person and it all ended up okay
0: i feel that's only if it's blake lively it's like if it's blake lively everything <laughs> turns out okay yeah.
1: if it's someone else
0: then there's a huge problem as we'll probably yeah. see because this is a teen drama mm. and there's triangles are plenty but yeah i i do like i just it feels like they connect on a weird level that they're yeah. both they're both yeah. boring that's what it is they're both really <gasps> boring
1: like two negatives make a positive yeah two, two people with like no dimensions start to make like a half dimension character although dan dan multifaceted it's just mm. it hasn't had a chance to come out just yet
0: that's true well we do we've seen him be lonely and we've seen him be aggressive uh-huh. when someone makes fun or someone uh-huh. attacks his sister which is um appropriate yeah. because chuck shows up um uh-huh. and realizes hey nate's outside i'm just going to be like what's going on and then he spots dan and he recognizes dan at least he doesn't know his name i really wanted to i really wanted him to say whoever you are i'm gonna kick your ass (laughs) but he didn't hey what are you doing here Why? what is this uh your hotel actually it is yeah so unless you have a reason to be here i'll have to ask you to wait on the curb with the rest of the trash
1: trash look man i live in brooklyn all right not the ozarks no offense to the ozarks
2: but don't you think we're taking this class warfare thing a little too far? Started, man? Okay,
1: man, let's just go. Don't tell me you're sticking up for Serenus, new bitch. If anyone's got a reason to kick his ass, it's you. It's no warfare. Not here.
0: This isn't over. Hey, anytime, man. That one black guy looks a little lonely. <laughs> just that idea that he still oh. doesn't remember who this guy is, but at least he recognizes no. him. And Dan just steps up to him. He's like, "Yeah, I could um, you know, punch the other eye and give you." Yeah. And again, the great the great line of um of Chuck being like, "You have to wait on the on the curb with the trash." He's like, "I'm from Brooklyn." It's like, "We know, Dan. We know you're from Brooklyn. You tell us every episode that you're from Brooklyn." Every episode. He's really proud that he's from Brooklyn.
1: Yeah. That's what sets him apart. That's what makes him so, like, edgy and so, like, oh, I don't belong because I'm from
0: Brooklyn. Yeah, it's it's so far. It's across the water. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fair. It's Manhattan. If you have to cross a bridge, then it doesn't really exist.
1: As I say, we don't really have that. Oh, I know, some, yes, I know we do. some of my friends that don't cross the river here in Melbourne. Yeah.
0: Melbourne, I will go on the record as saying people don't cross freeways and they don't cross rivers in Melbourne.
1: Such a waste. I will say that I, I personally do, but I do I do have friends that do not. And it's so sad. There's so much to see. So many good foods. Anyway,
0: I digress. All the foods. Either way, Chuck wants yeah. to debate the living crap out of Dan. Yeah. I don't think he could, honestly. Uh, Ooh, Chuck's a bit of a- Who
1: would win in a fight? Chuck Dan. Bass or Dan Humphreys? Level one. Dan Humphreys or level one. I think Chuck Dan. could because I think- I reckon he'd have something on him to play dirty. Like, I think he'd have, you know, some kind of, like, knuckle duster or maybe, like, a razor or something. So, I don't know. I just feel like Chuck is the kind of guy that would have something in his pocket that would, like, give him up the hand. It'd be super illegal and super, like, dodgy.
0: Well, here's a question Uh to bring it back to RPGs and D&D. What class are these two characters? I know. Remember the purpose of the podcast that I have been doing for a while now. Here's what I think. Dan is very much a bard because of all his writing stuff.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Not quite a
0: performance bard, but certainly a creative bard. Mm-hmm. And Chuck is a mm-hmm. warlock.
1: Oh, who gets and his powers from alcohol? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So i that, you that's we always said that his
1: dad could be his patron too, in a yeah, sense. Yeah, that works. Yeah, I can kind of see
0: that. I mean, last last episode uh, we were talking about um, monster hearts. And some of the the skins mm. and different character traits in that, I, I feel we could go into those, but I feel it's more of a balance thing. If they're just going to be going one on one, it really is bard versus yeah. warlock PVP. Yeah, mm. and Damn in that it's case, a bard. yeah. I mean, uh,
1: yeah. He- I feel like though he could also be like maybe he's like a rogue. Maybe he's a multi-class because just he likes being in the shadows and he likes, you know, and he is Gossip Girl. Like, he, like to be Gossip Girl, you have to be able to somehow, you know, mix everything up without you know, being hidden in plain sight, right? That's like Rogue yeah. 101.
0: Well, that's also maybe a bard in, he, in the College of Whispers where he's just spreading rumours and, and taking information in. Oh, and, actually,
1: that's very true. That's yeah. literally Gossip Girl.
0: Yeah, it is literally now Gossip I want to make Girl. A
1: character, now I want to make a character that is like deep Gossip Girl. And that um, is my character.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> that camp. I mean, this is exactly why we have this podcast because this could now be a campaign where Dan is just a level three bard who's gone to College of Whispers and he's spreading all these rumors about his fantasy realm and
1: little parchments he puts up on notice boards. Like, did you see? Oh. The three devangelists that came in by cart today. And
0: I thought the Gossip Girl would be really hard to find elements that were working in RPG. I thought that it was just going to be Monster Hearts. But no, no, an entire campaign <laughs> built around your little rumor mill. And you have to find oh. go out and find events. And you have to see, witness what's going to happen. then you actually have to come up with how is this going to matter to all the little people around you and get it posted in yeah. time that sounds well, my amazing. Homebrew world,
1: like I think this is where because realizing this today on doing research I was like how the did we come up with this idea in the first place I know I'm extremely passionate about the best teen drama that existed from 2007 2012 but um so my homebrew world is based off Gossip Girl and I think this is the origin story of how this conversation originally started because we were talking we were sharing with some other dms about homebrew worlds and where that stuff came from people were talking about Roman empires Mm -hmm. and like gothic horrors and I literally was like I based my homebrew world off Gossip Girl and off like classism and off like what would happen if people were trying to backstab each other but no one really knows who's backstabbing who so you kind of just are taking each other down um and what happens then when all the people around that have to put up with that stuff finally crack it And the outsiders finally take over. So, yeah, except I don't have a Gossip Girl in my campaign yet. Yet. Uh, I will make a, I will definitely make an NPC. I shall call them Sham Rumfrees.
0: (laughs) Not Han Dumfries. No. No, that's too obvious. I think that'd be really awesome because another thing that Gossip Girl has a lot of is the appearances. And having that idea of a campaign that is all about the appearance of wealth and the appearance of, mm. of luxury and having to keep up that facade a lot of the time, there yeah, there's a yeah. lot of stuff in there as the, the characters or as the party learns more secrets about everyone and starts to figure out how you can use those against thing against people to get what you want. So many, so many intrigues yeah. in that.
1: Yeah. I've also got that in my homebrew world, so wizard like to go to wizard school or to learn a magic that isn't innate is very expensive. And therefore, it is kind of limited to mobility. But, however, so that magic is still rife because sorcerers exist. And, like, you can go to church a lot and pray the magic into you, or, like, you know, pray uh, the magic you into you. You can learn you. magic through other ways.
0: I yeah, can feel that's the how magic clerics work, entering right? me. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> sure it's how it works.
1: And paladins, that's how they. I've never. Oh, have I? No, I have. I just played a cleric, actually. I just, I've never played a cleric. That's a lie. I literally just did in the week <laughs> gone. Um. Yeah, that's how that works, right? I don't know. I only play Bards. And I have a whole town that's dedicated to Bards at bard school. Yeah. I think,
0: yeah, there's there's a connection there. Mm. Now, speaking of of things we should pray about, um, Mm. the next scene is Blair getting dressed. And in, in the dress that her mother has left out for her, which Jenny is is stunned by She's like, this is an amazing dress. And Blair just points yeah. out all the flaws with it. It's like, the colour is last season. Blue is last season, apparently.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't actually remember Cerulean. any of the other. Cerulean. Cerulean. Sorry, Cerulean. Cerulean. And see, <sighs> this an is... a
1: Waldorf original.
0: I know. It's like the height of Eleanor. And again, this is apparently a brunch where everyone is going to be wearing white that we see later. And she was going to dress her daughter in blue. Yeah. It's like... Read the room, Eleanor. Just, I feel this was yeah. just, it doesn't fit anyone else. So we're just going to give it to Blair. Um, yeah. Which is not great for Blair. But remember before I was saying there's this lesbian vibe between the two of them?
2: Mm. It's
0: like Blair just kind of casually stripping down to the chemise or whatever she's wearing, like a corset, and then just lounging around yeah. a silk nighty in front of Jenny. And there are a number of looks of Je- of Blair just looking Jenny up and down as she sits there. And it's like, yes, I am just looking at you from head to toe. It's like, you don't need to look down at her feet. You don't, you f- look at her face. You, you were talking yeah. to a person. So you look at her face. That is how, yeah. how you interact with people, Blair. You look down at them. If you're wanting yeah. to take There's there's a weird vibe between these two. Yeah.
1: I see it a little bit more as maybe like an alpha vibe. Like maybe it's, this is Blair being like, that's right. I'm just going to dress in, like, like in front of you and like show you all my like insecurities, but I don't care. Cause I'm still number one. Even without yeah. my armor, take that little J. You can't fight me.
0: I, I guess there Although is you that element could cause Yeah, it's
1: a very constricting. It looks so uncomfortable.
0: And Jenny's from Brooklyn, so you know they can throw yeah. a punch. Apparently, horses
1: haven't made that. They haven't made their way to Brooklyn yet. No, still a few years away.
0: <laughs> Blair is kind of figuring out a bit more about Jenny overall, mm. um, and Jenny finds a Cabbage Patch doll and mentions mm-hmm. that. Dan has a Cabbage Patch doll called Cedric. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's slip that Dan is the one that's now dating Serena. Mm. Which Blair is immediately, i we going to file that away for future reference. Uh, yeah. As Blair is, is great at doing. Yeah. Uh, and okay. he She then decides as a thank you for the, for like doing the calligraphy and all the things that she's going to give Jenny the dress instead. Blair's going to stand up for herself, wear what she wants to this, and is going to give the the dress to Jenny. And this is where I feel, this is where I noticed the eye contact that Blair Mm. says, I'm sure you'll find some way to repay me. And then just looks down, like just almost a massive wink. Just, I'm sure you'll find some way. And just eyes her from top to bottom. It's like, no, no, that's really creepy, Blair. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a weird exchange of, like, she now owns part of Jenny because I have given you my dress. I have paid for, what's the line for Moulin Rouge? I have paid my whole Yeah, yeah. Um, it's definitely that kind of vibe.
0: There's Because it is. It's a huge, like, it's a Blair, it's a Eleanor Waldorf original. It's like, this dress okay. is worth a lot of money and you just give it yeah. to as though it's nothing. It's like, there's there's very much a tally in Blair's head of this is how much Jenny hmm. owes me now.
1: This is how many favours I get back yeah for
0: sure. And you can see it. it's like Lady Meester does an amazing job of being able to show it but believably hide it from everybody in the room.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: that she's playing it up like I we as the audience see what she's thinking, but the people yeah. in the room don't see that. Yeah. So well done to Lady Meester. Sure. Congratulations on this role that you did 14 years ago um and people are still talking about
1: well done on being the best female actress in a teen drama series circa 2000 <laughs> yeah. to 2010s it's her to hear first well done on your what was the award she won team choice no probably a weird, real weird one
0: i don't think no, she won that rachel. one i believe that rachel bilson might have run that one she was in the oc you might have know, heard who, of
1: who's, it who's rachel sorry what was that rachel wilson rachel Never bilson
0: rachel bilson Married oh, to, to Adam Brody before Leighton Meester was. Who? Yeah. Don't recognize anyway. it. Uh, anyway.
1: Well done to uh, well done to Leighton Meester on your no she did win there you go Teen Choice Award 2010. There we go three years uh, after, after the TV show. TV actress in a drama. Hmm. <laughs> well done. Oh and in 2009.
0: Oh well okay oh. two time award winner that's that's pretty good that's pretty good.
1: And yeah, oh no they're not for.
0: <laughs> there for other stuff that she did but we're not going to talk about the other stuff
1: oh she also <laughs> she also was nominated for a razzie i probably shouldn't bring that up but anyway for worst my... screen couple
0: oh wow wow with, that's
1: shared with get this shared with adam sandler andy sandberg and susan sarandon
0: is that a thruple
1: i don't
0: i feel like I've you watch that movie. movie
1: that's my boy is the movie Wow. I'm giggling it now. We're doing a I've live Google. I'm song. going to move
0: on to the next scene while you do a live Google. Yeah, sorry.
1: Google. Go for it. Oh, it's
0: uh, bad. <laughs> so Dan is still waiting for Serena. Um, Serena arrives and finds him being, well, you know what? This is what I do as a team boy as well. If I'm bored and just waiting around, I'm going to find some some sort of pattern on the ground and just kind of follow it or jump on every little flagstone in the area. Uh, and Serena's kind of into the, Dan's not as serious as everyone around us around him meek's expression yeah. says that she's found something about that's my boy and i feel that the it's audience horrific. wants to know
1: no it's just horrific it's so bad it's horrific it's i i started playing a trailer and i stopped it because it was so it looked so appalling
0: this it, is why adam I got an, sandler,
1: uh, yeah adam sandler andy sandberg susan sarandon and, and leighton meester obviously uh when, while in his teens, Donnie fathered a son, Todd, and raised him as a single parent until Todd's 18th birthday. Now Donnie resurfaces just before Todd's wedding after years apart, sending the group to be world. And it looks like Adam Sandler is essentially playing the character that Adam Sandler mostly plays, which is like just random. Adam Sandler? Yeah. And Andy Sternberg is trying to be the, I say very loosely, straight man. No, uh, yeah, anyway. that's a change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. It's that's bad. fair anyway
0: anyway that's for the patreon uh, subscribers they'll hear our synopsis uh, stuff. <laughs> of of that's my boy Ch- um, subscribe for twenty dollars a month and you get the the bonus track what of us reviewing Sandberg.
1: it gets worse
0: wow <laughs> okay I'm
1: gonna stop now no cause they've made Andy Sandberg look like I don't know even how to describe it just terrible and is not, oh, they can't blame Mr. Bangs! Oh, this is the worst. Okay. I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. Anyway. Sorry, where were we up to? I totally, I'm not going to lie. I totally blanked out as soon as I found that movie. Um, so, we, so Dan we... <laughs> was waiting for Serena and Serena
0: has arrived. Okay. Uh, so th- this is a, yeah. I do really enjoy this scene as well because it will become a recurring theme that Dan waits for Serena and Serena shows up and they're kind of cute. They, and he basically just goes, hey, Yeah, um, about last night, it was kind of awkward. Are you hungry? And very much clearly shows his interest in her, that he's Mm. not, he's just going out on a limb and that, you know, supports everything that um, she was worried that she thought she liked him and now she knows that he likes her back and is not put off Mm. by his weird wave. It wasn't uh, dismissal. Um, Mm. But there will be a recurring theme of Serena being starvingly hungry throughout this show. Yeah. Which makes sense.
1: They never eat. No, they never eat. Like, even when they have beautiful banquets of food, we'll see the brunch in a couple of scenes. Like, you don't actually see them putting food on a plate, but you don't actually see anyone put food in their mouth.
0: Like She's always running around somewhere. It's like she's heading over to Brooklyn, or she's chasing after Blair, or she's got to do this. I feel that she doesn't have time to eat. So, yeah, she's always hungry.
1: That girl's step count would be through the roof. Her cardio, impeccable.
0: Most most definitely. I mean, I feel that she never gets a cab anywhere unless, like, there's three people in the car. So she just walks everywhere yeah. else. So, yeah. yeah, it makes sense that Serena is starving in every single scene that she's in. There's a, like, Blake Lively is very skinny. Yeah. I would say. And at least they address it and say there's, there's like, there's a reason because she is never allowed to eat mm. in the show. Yeah. Either way. Um, they do plan to go and eat and talk, um, but eat most of mm-hmm. all. They make a point of this. Yeah. But Lily arrives and is like, no, you're going to brunch. We made an agreement. You're going to brunch. Yeah. Uh, and you after need to be l- our
1: representative for the Woods for the Vanderwoodsons.
0: Let after me raid
1: l- you out in a hat. And, That's right. And, you know, showcase you off to everyone.
0: Well, she's going to, Lily's going to be there. And I feel this is Lily doing a little bit of uh Eric's in the institution, so we need to kind of put on a, a brave face and keep keep up appearances. Mm. Uh, yeah. But after a bit of back and forth, Serena agrees to go uh, on one condition, and that condition is that Dan goes.
1: Mm. Which Lily does
0: not like. No, Lily does not like that at all. And when they actually arrive at the brunch and see everyone else that's there with Blair and Chuck and, and everyone... Both Serena and Dan realize this is not Nate, a great Nate's there idea. As well. Nate's I just want to there, point but...
1: out Nate, Nate's there. You can't see him against the beige wallpaper, but Nate, Nate Archbold is also there. Just want to point that out.
0: <laughs> I wonder if this is why Dan and Nate get along so well. Gossip Girls never really noticed him before. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and Nate's there as well, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, he he's one of the. It's almost impressive. That he's such an integral character to the show, but so invisible, yeah. in so many ways.
0: He's wonderful. He's the the um, the Duncan Kane of for for those of you who have seen Veronica Mars, uh, another superior teen show from the the mid two thousands, uh, Superior oh. to Gossip Girl. That
1: mm.
0: mm-hmm. go on. I'm, I'm not agreeing,
1: but
0: go on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course not to not tell you know not You have to do your podcast, but <laughs> but but yeah. Um, Either way, he's very much that bland, somewhat sort of a love interest. I mean, uh, we we need to stop ragging on Nate. We like Nate. I like Nate at least. Oh, he's, he's fine. Yeah. He's boring. Uh, <laughs> we we get a scene with Rufus and Jenny kind of heading mm-hmm. out to go to the farmer's market. I feel that this scene is pointless. It's just there to, like... Well, be it establishes that Tamar they...
1: Yeah, but it establishes as well that they care about. They want to buy local, shop local. You know, they have a heart because in their in their million multi-million dollar Brooklyn loft, they might, you know, do other things, but they still want to buy grassroots, you know, whole range wheatgrass where they can.
0: Well, Rufus does. You know, Jenny paying... does not care. Yeah. Jenny just wants but to go have... yeah,
1: yeah, she wants to buy her hydrangeas. That's the... At the yeah. time, when I was watching, I was like, why are you so keen on this? This seems like super. Oh, gotcha
0: there is actually there is one point in this scene there's basically one line for this scene to exist and that's for rufus to say oh you got that dress from from blair or oh, blair gave you that dress that's a very kind gift but the dresses you make are much nicer and this mm. is just to say jenny makes pretty dresses and they are yeah. according to rufus they're at least on par with a significant international designer
2: yeah yeah
0: and as far yeah. as i can tell that's the entire purpose of this scene for one line Yeah, I mean it. Build it builds a relationship between Rufus and Jenny, um, which is cute. That's fine. It's nice to see a a a father daughter little moment between them. Um, But that's pretty much it. Before we get back to the brunch, Uh, and you know what? Nate actually stands out in this scene uh, Mm. now because he is being super weird and predatory towards Serena. He's like stalking her across the room, and just like shark eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, dirt and dirt. It's a podcast.
1: You can't see what I'm saying. But like, you know, animals that can't look forwards. Yeah. Like horses. He's doing yeah. a lot of those ones
0: around. Yeah. He's moving his head from side to side, just trying to keep, keep her, an eye locked on her at all times. And she finally notices. Mm. It's like, mm. yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, I'll come over and talk to you. Uh, and yeah. leave Dan all by himself to talk to these poor models who are just standing there as statues Uh, which looks cool, looks really cool, Uh, until he spots Chuck and is like, ooh, Chuck's here, and Chuck's like, yeah, I'm here. And we move over to um, Bart as well, Bart Bass. Because I I like this because it does kind of shift between these characters in the room. It's like we see Nate and then it goes to Serena and Serena goes away, but Serena's with Dan, so we stay with Dan and Dan sees Chuck, so the camera moves over to Chuck. And it's almost like you're just kind of following people around the room. I love this idea of a brunch. Like this is the set piece of the episode. Mm. I'm sure I'll get into set pieces another time, but this brunch, I love it for a role-playing game because it's not combat, that for, oh, all for, those, sure. for all those characters that put charisma as their dump stat chucking them into brunch like not even a ball yeah. not even like a fancy dinner it's brunch all you have to do yeah. at brunch is sit there and eat food but it is so evocative yeah. of what a actual situation would be like and you can't start a brawl you can't, you're not expecting yeah. a monster attack at the brunch you just have to talk to the nobles and try to figure stuff out and it's yeah. a really great role playing opportunity it's like I'm going to set yeah. more adventures at brunches
1: yeah, and trying to, like we were uh, saying, I think we said this before we went on air, but this is also the chance for all those, like if you're, this is a good one for if your party's just finished an arc and mm. there's not really a clear pathway to go next, it's a way to be like, well, here's one thing you could do or, oh, Joe Bob's like lost a cow or like, oh, this one wants <laughs> Joe to Joe Bob the White from our other
0: po- podcast?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that came from. Ah, uh, damn your subconscious. Um, yes. But, but yeah, yeah someone else wants to murder to...
0: their husband and yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presuming you've got a party though that aren't gonna just go be like, Well, see ya. And you're like, ah, oh, you needed to talk to those people to find out. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, I'll just choose one for you.
0: It it is a really great plot hook opportunity. Mm. Yeah, I feel that festivals um, are another good way to do that. But brunch, I anything just did with a meal.
1: Festival. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that involves food is always great. Yeah, we just did one with a, a big kind of festival. It was, uh, I've made like a the equivalent of um, Black Friday sales.
0: Oh, God. Uh,
1: <laughs> in, a, in a trading town. Yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, my God. That'd be um, amazing. The number of times my and, players want to go shopping, it's like, okay, yeah. you have to fight other people just to get in the door. Yeah. And then you're going to have to scramble yeah, yeah. and get the best deal because if you don't take it, someone else is.
1: Yeah. well, you've got to bribe people to try and get ahead of the line. We oh. had all kinds of divorcery happening. Oh, wow. Um,
0: That's going to be special. Yeah. Well, I love this in, in this scene as well because Bart Bass comes up to talk to Chuck and he's like, he mm. makes fun of his black eye and it's like, it's, it's a black tie, not black eye. Uh, but also says... The, uh, the invitation says black tie, not black eye. Are you okay? I mean, if you're in some kind of trouble. Only of my own making. Why do you think I do all this, huh? This party is for you. Okay, so you can meet people. You know, become a part of something. Make some kind of change. Really? I thought it was another excuse for an open bar and uh, rehiring of the million new statues. Do me a favor, will you? Lose the scotch. It's barely new. I am doing all of this for you. Like, everyone talks about Chuck, about Bart Bass being this horrible parent. He's mm. trying to help Chuck out here. He's like, you need to make, you need to network, mm. you need to make something of yourself, you need to have these connections. So I am hosting a fundraiser so you can meet people, you can form friendships and form connections, and have a fa- people will see you and know that you're someone they can come to, that you're doing the right things for society. Also, stop fucking drinking. It's nine a.m. Or it's it's barely midday. I there's a I don't think all we are told about Bart is that he's a narcissist. Like we kind of are told Bart's a horrible parent because he raised Chuck. I from what I'm seeing, Bart is doing his best to raise Chuck. And in going back to the the idea before that brunch is where the, the role playing group gathers, he's like the the patron, the group patron, kinda trying, trying to push everyone towards different paths, like going, No, no, go over and talk to that person. I heard they lost a cow. Or go to that yeah. person. I feel that they've got some work that you might be able to do. He's like trying to shove yeah. the the player characters into these different adventures and they're having none of it. The party is generally yeah. Chuck going, No no, I'm gonna have another mimosa. What are you gonna do about yeah. it, Dad?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like though Chuck Bass is, uh, not Chuck, sorry, I feel like Bart, even though he's helping Chuck, it definitely feels like he is. And this is what all these parents have in common, all seems to be what, because uh, this came up in the pilot episode about Nate's dad pushing Dartmouth, uh, Dartmouth. when Nate didn't really want to go there. Dartmouth. Um, but uh, Bart has that same thing that he wants Chuck to do well because I think that brings him pride in his family name. Like his son is a representative of him and his brand, and therefore, um, yeah, I just I had to Google, I had I just did a quick check. It reminded me of um the animated Modok series. Do yeah, the Marvel do? Oh yeah, that's like all. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like he, how he desperately wants his. Yeah, yeah, he desperately wants his son to come into it. Yeah, but Bart gives me that same vibe of like, yeah, he's trying to help his son out, but he's trying to help his son out to build his evil conglomerate of like, yeah. See, I to get him again,
0: board. I feel that that's that's inferred knowledge. That we might be getting from from later on. All we see here, like I am always of the belief until you get evidence otherwise, you need to take what you see on a television show at face value.
2: Mm.
0: Which is why I'm all like, yeah, Blair's definitely trying to hook up with Jenny, because that's definitely what's happening on face value. <laughs> no. That we I mean, I, I think you've got a, a very valid reading. I think that's exactly what may be going on. Um, mm. but there's also a potential reading that he's doing all that to build the business so Chuck can inherit. That he's yeah. like, I have built up this empire would it, would it and I want you to have this empire. It would be foreshadowing. I suspect that Bart <laughs> might die at some point in the five-year episode, five-year run of this show and Chuck might have to take over the family business, which is kind of the, the point of all this. And he's like, hey, I'm building this empire for you. It's not me. Mm. And if he was a narcissist, he'd be like, no, no, I'm building this empire because you... Mm. You can't do it yourself and I'm going to be doing it because if you run this well, it's because I built it. He's he's saying I'm building this empire so you will have something when I'm gone.
1: Is I just have to check your use of the empire. I'm just checking it now. Is that a deliberate pun? Because that's the actual name of the hotel they filmed. Like that's actually the Basses Hotel in New York. Or
0: that is, is that awesome. Just... I did not know that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's actually called the empire because i've stayed there because i'm such oh. a, i'm trying to, i'm gonna i'm just gonna drop that one in uh no because as you were saying that i was like empire chuck i'm like wait that's the empire hotel that's the hotel in new york that they call whatever the actual bass hotel is um yeah there you go fun fun trivia fact from my gossip girl new york tour that i did circa nine years ago
0: there's a gossip girl um, new york tour
1: yes yeah. I I would yeah, actually go
0: again, the New the York is one,
1: the...
0: New York is is my forever love. So I feel mm. that any excuse to to go around New York, even if it's just for gossip girl, would be amazing. Uh but yo, know, I I believe I wanna believe Bart Bass has somebody's best interest at heart beside himself. Um Whether people agree with that or not might be... Chuck certainly doesn't seem to agree. Chuck seems to be like, you're just harshing my buzz, man. No, that's not true. He's more like, great, dad is telling me off again. I feel
1: like he's saying daddy is telling me off
0: again, but yes. Technically the same
1: phrase, just a slight...
0: Slight change. Yeah. Yeah. I also wonder... This again, I think we're going to be talking a lot about Bart Bass's parenting style, given... Um, Chuck Bass's presence in the show and prominence in the show. But Mm -hmm. Bart, I mean, we don't know what happened to Chuck's mother at this point. I'm assuming we find out at some some later point in the future what happened to him. But Bart seems to have (laughs) raised him Mm. as, well, he's trying to raise an equal. He's trying to raise Mm. someone who can take over the business, except he's not Mm. raising a child. He's raising, he's kind of letting him go and do whatever he wants. He's having threesomes yeah. and running poker games and is sexually assaulting teenagers and things like that. Mm. Mm. So Bart is obviously kind of a neglectful parent, but mm. he is trying, just not very well. Mm. So, yeah, I, feel, I find that interesting because his interactions with it is like, just, you know what, lay off the scotch because it's not midday yet. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not going to take away the scotch and, like, Ground you or anything like that. It's just like this yeah. is this is my advice to you, rather than my ruling to you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Who knew yeah. that this character, who's in one, or oh, he's in like two scenes in this episode, but it's um, yeah, it's a really interesting. I've got a lot to say about Bart Bass apparently. He
1: is an he is he also has like for people who haven't seen the show he also has like a, a very grey shaved buzz cut and very elongated features from like, he's a very long man.
0: He definitely looks nothing like Alan Dale who played a similar role in the OC.
1: Never heard of it. What was that again? If you haven't heard
0: of Alan Dale, then you should have because he was in, um, he was in Neighbours way back when he's Australian. He's amazing. He was in, he was in Avengers (laughs) or he was in the winter soldier. Anyway. Uh, He's a great actor. So going back to the episode and not getting getting bogged down in discussions of Bart Bass's parenting style, um, Nate and Serena kind of argue about stuff. Um, and Nate's like, look, look, I just need to talk to you. Here is a key to Chuck's suite in the hotel. Go up there and we'll talk in private. And Serena's like, all right, do I? Okay, fine, whatever. I'll go and wait for you.
1: Yeah, nothing sus.
0: Yeah, nothing sus at all about that. There's definitely... No, nothing untoward going on there. Um, Nate's dad is having a chat with Blair, just kind of talking about her mother yeah. as usual. And it seems very much a um, a networking thing. And when, when Nate comes by, his dad's like, just remember, you really need to stay with Blair. It's very important to the family that you stay with Blair. It's like, thank you yeah. for that and reminder about where everybody, everybody lies. Yeah. And Chuck and Blair have a little bit of a conversation as well. Mm. Um, which is, you know, what I do see the seeds of their friendship in there because Chuck yeah. is incredibly creepy and gross, which I am going to put down to the fact that his dad made him feel bad, and now he wants yeah. to kind of lash out at someone, and he decides to do that by being creepy about deflowering, um, deflowering Blair, Blair. or having Nate deflower, Nate flower Blair. <laughs> This is the word he uses. It's just who, who says that yeah. anyway. Anyway, yeah. he says, "Look, how about you just you just go and grab Nate and get it over with and have fun." And here's the key to my suite. Uh, yeah. And Blair thinks this is a good idea uh, for some yeah. reason, so she grabs Nate and drags him upstairs, um, not telling him that they're going to Chuck's suite until they're actually inside.
1: Yeah. And
0: then they head in and Serena stands up and is like, oh. And we get a wonderful little bit of voiceover from Gossip Girl. I don't know how Dan knows what's going on up there. Maybe he's got spy cameras or something. (laughs) Spotted N and B, hot and heavy in the halls of the Palace Hotel, only to find S already waiting. Sparks were flying for sure, but will it be a three-way or D-Day? He, he mentions is it that, is afterwards. It, he says, posting it later. Yeah, possibly, he says, is it going to be a three-way or D-Day? And I'm like, it's not going to be a three-way, Dan. I don't, you know, these people, you know, they're very angry at each other. And I will point out <laughs> that while mm. the, while there's the gossip girl voiceover, the three characters just stand there and stare at each other. And it's a good yeah, thirty yeah. seconds of back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like
1: Like the rest really? in Jurassic Park.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Back and forth. <forward. laughs> Clever girl. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so obvious. And yeah, what I like
1: about that, that's how you build tension. See, Jeremy, I know you've studied cinema, but let me just give you my non expert opinion from my zero from my year ten media studies class. What they're doing there is building tension, you see. And it's actually quite a quite an ingenious move to leave three people standing completely still whilst a voiceover goes over the top. It's actually cutting edge um, in cinema. I think you'll you'll find again from my (laughs) year ten media studies um, those things I filmed on my VHS uh, camcorders in the oval next to my school. We did that a lot. Um, Rated very highly. I will point out media studies.
0: This scene is almost done shot for shot. A couple of years later in One Tree Hill. Ah, oh. yeah, down to the the brunette because character. It's such a
1: good technique.
0: Po- possibly, it's got a brunette woman and a blonde man come into a room and find a blonde woman waiting for them, and they realise that there's a connection there, and mm. there's a staring contest basically of them going backwards and forwards while someone voiceovers.
1: It's Yeah, quintess- I'm sure it's used in many pieces of uh, art literature that are talking
0: about. It really isn't. Films, Those are the yeah. only two times uh, I've seen it done outside c- of a soap opera. Um, you
1: know, pan shots. Uh, what other jargon can I throw out to make my, make me sound like I know what I'm doing?
0: After the staring contest, um, Nate yes. does try to explain why Serena's there in the, in the first place. Uh, yeah. yeah. Basically, he wants to talk to her and say, look, this is why I'm not talking to you. Uh, because yeah, Blair's like, you're good. not just gonna you're just gonna shut her out entirely, which is you know what? That's fair. You could have written her a note, but um I'm mm. not sure that Nate can actually write. So we'll go mm. with, we'll go with the hack to actually talk to her. but this Blair doesn't get so pleased about this. Um, she mm. snarks at, snarks at Serena. Um, they have a little mm. bit of uh, bitchiness back and forth until Blair mm-hmm. learns that that Dan is actually downstairs as well. And she does possibly the most childish thing she has done. She's like, "Let's go see what Dan thinks of all the things you're up to and you've done," and just runs stomp, out. Stop! 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 Oh, it's she's a special case. I do love that when when Serena asks, "Do you think she'd actually do it?" Nate just goes, "It's Blair." Yeah, Blair they... is a strong woman. She
1: knows what she wants. She ain't gonna mess around. She's, She's decisive. That's what I like about her. She's decisive.
0: not uh, Some might say reactive, but I prefer decisive. I don't know. Reactive is right, but then she decides to do something. She does not change her mind ever.
1: Huh.
0: No. Um, so fortunately, Dan's wandered outside and he has caught yeah. uh, Lily mm-hmm. talking with Bart oh, Bass no. about how they're dating. And he needs to admit that they're dating oh, and tell what? everyone they're dating. Uh, and stop, well, actually tell all the people, all the other women that he's got on the side that he has taken and mm. he is dating someone now. Yeah. Um, and Bart's like, well, it's, it's not that quite, quite that easy. Um, I've got a lot of them and they're not all in the country. But Lily spots Dan and, well, now Dan knows. This is where all that intrigue comes in handy. You kind of have to start keeping a flowchart of who knows what
1: this is when the, the uh, PCs start talking about how they're going to murder the NPC whilst the NPC is still in the room. Yeah. And you're like, I can I can hear everything you just said. Like, I'm not going to let you murder me. I've just heard you like, plot out my demise. No, we
0: you're didn't like, say Ash. murder. We said, murder. Yeah. Hurder.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, but Lily goes to talk to Dan and is like, Serena doesn't know I'm dating Bart and I'd rather... Rather, she didn't know until I have got a chance to tell her. And Dan's like, you know what? This is between you and your daughter. I'm not going to tell her. Dan proves that he is good guy Dan, which does not track with Dan Gossip Girl um, rumor mill. So this is Mm. actually, you know what? It's about a parent. He doesn't care at all. Why would he care Mm. about the parent? Gossip Girl seems to be a teenage uh, drama thing. So old people dating, we're not interested in that. No. So when he goes back. Once he hit
1: 20 in this show. If you if you're yeah. over 22 or 25, you don't exist in the world. Get out. I
0: have I have some questions about how exactly how old the parents are, but we'll get to those get to those in future episodes. So when he goes back inside, Blair spots him and kind of runs over and is a very polite um, greeting to him. Is like, "Hi, I'm Blair Waldorf. You must be Dan," and it's like shaking his hand and it's quite quite nice about it uh, and then Serena and Nate arrive and then Chuck walks up as well and it just becomes this little circle of teenagers in the middle of a very fancy brunch looking at each other and explaining all of the all of the the drama that's going on between them
2: mm-hmm.
0: and eventually Blair kind of exp- is, it, is it Blair that blurts out about um about Serena and Nate or is it Chuck it's one of the two
1: Chuck Chuck, Blair starts it, and Blair's being very much like Serena, shall you tell Dan, oh, and being yeah. very coy. And then Chuck comes out and goes, he fucked it. Oh, well, he doesn't say that, obviously.
0: It's <laughs> he a <family> would. Show. <laughs> sure? it's a this is the Australian version upsetting. of Gossip Girl. He yeah. fucked her. <laughs> he fucked her right.
1: Oh, now that's now that's a show I want to watch. I want to watch. I guess it's kind of, oh, it's probably, As I said, is that not what Neighbours is? But I guess it's not. Neighbours is a uh, whole separate episode.
0: <laughs> Either way, the truth is starting to doing. come out, and uh, there's just a moment where I saw this. I'm like, Dan, get out now, get out now. You have wandered into some weird shit. Yeah, it's like you don't it's even like know. A it's the, a cult. Yeah, it's a
1: cult.
0: It really is. So all the things that that um all the things that Dan thought about the upper east side as that he goes to school with are getting proved in this episode. And what I love in particular is that Blair's like, Wow, Dan, you've that's a really bad thing for her to have done to you.
1: But there's a lot of, there's a lot of looking around as well. There's a lot of dramatic stares. Hmm.
0: Uh,
1: the adults don't care at this stage. The adults aren't clocking this at all. No one is intervening with the little, like, fight club that's set up.
0: It's actually going really fast, which I realise. It is quite a quick back and forth. Like, someone will say something and someone will react and then it's back and forth. Like, Blair's on Dan's hmm. side and then she mentions, why didn't you go back home to Cedric? And she's, he's like, hang on a second, how do you know about Cedric? You must have talked to Jenny. She's like, "Well, yeah." And then Chuck's creepy about Shock. Jenny, which means that Dan has to step up and grab him and throw him around, which means he hits a waiter. And it's like this is going back and forth in like ten seconds. This is a proper round of mm. combat. It's just I was the say, combat. Would you say it's, is, yeah,
1: like a six second round.
0: Yeah, but it's uh, it's verbal combat, mm. which you don't yeah. see often enough. Um, I feel because yeah. if you do a a fight conversation in the same way as as you might do fights in D&D, it can be exactly like this. As everyone gets a little bit of turn mm. and a repost and, and things like that, it's it's quite cool. But as soon as, well, when Dan attacks him and, like, throws throws Chuck down, Blair's kind of into it. There is this glee on her face. She's just like, yeah. yes, yes, drama, I yeah. feed Very off Regina this. Very Regina
1: George vibes. Very yeah. Regina George vibes of like flinging the burn book through the hallways. Like, yes, fill me. <laughs> the and fills my soul. Ah,
0: oh, no, uh, it's yeah. great. I love it's that great. look at her face. It's great, uh, and it, now everyone's paying attention to them. Yes, that—that's Dan, the poor person, caused a scene.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, and he does kind of own up to it and say, "Look, that guy's a jerk," but. I started it. I'm out. I don't belong. I'm just, yeah. yeah. I don't belong. I'm just gonna leave. And you know what? That's pretty big of him. He, he's yeah. able to calm yeah. himself down. I mean, Chuck deserves it. Chuck deserves a lot. Chuck deserves to be arrested. Um, I will I will say that yeah. now for what he did to, to Jenny. Yeah. However, Dan's just like, Cool, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go. Uh Serena chases after yeah. him and tries to explain again and he's just like, you know what? Thought you were different
1: we're from two different worlds our worlds will never collide
0: i'm from i'm Brooklyn. slightly
1: poorer than you <laughs> i only have a 1.5 million dollar house instead of a two million dollar house our worlds are different
0: oh, it's why we go to the same school but we're completely different in every way
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah my parents have reached this expensive school too but we are so different yeah I mean, Less. technically,
0: his parents are still married, so there's a difference. <laughs>
1: technically. Technically. Technically.
0: He, yeah. th- she does say that she's trying to change, and he says, well, I I don't know what you were like, sort of. Mm. Um, and there is the the comment that I think she makes, maybe I'm not the person you thought I was. or or something something along those lines which i feel Uh, is very true that dan had an idea of what serena was like in his head and she can't live up to that ideal and Uh, she's like i'm sorry i can't be that person but i'm me and me likes you me like you uh, you like me um (laughs) but he's like yeah i guess i made a mistake in that regard i'm I'm still out and there is this almost heartbreaking moment as he walks away and she looks after him and then she turns to go and he turns around to look back at her and she misses it and then he walks away and she turns back to see if he's looking back and that's a nice touch because that feels like what their relationship is it's this series of miscommunications and missed opportunities and just awkwardness in general
1: yeah yeah for sure yeah And that's it. That's that's where Dan and Serena end and they never talk to each other again, and that's the end of that plot line. It's it was good while it lasted, team. Um if you're watching the show, it's it was good while it lasted.
0: The end.
1: The end.
0: Well it certainly seems why Gossip
1: Girl is a superior team (laughs) drama.
0: It certainly seems that way in the next scene where he's sulking in the loft when um Raggedy and and uh Rufus come home. I like saying that Raggedy and Rufus. Uh, it sounds like mm. a, a fun folk band. It's
1: a great band name. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh, anyway, he's he explains, I have lost Serena, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And it's, I don't know why my voice is so high and squeaky like that, because I'm fine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and it's just kind of wrapping it up. He points out to, or he mentions to Jenny, did you talk to Blair about Cedric and, and me? And Jenny doesn't quite admit it um mm. but she certainly feels looks like she feels guilty about it and mm. dan just kind of warns her off the um the upper east siders because they're they're different to us jenny
1: they're different to us jenny yeah, they're not like us
0: you can't trust them uh, but we do mm. see that she now has hydrangeas bomb bomb <gasps> bomb uh, what what prob-
1: will that cliffhanger mean what could that possibly mean for the future of little j
0: Nothing, probably, (laughs) because we go to the next scene where this is actually an interesting scene where Nate and Blair are lying in bed um, and Nate kind of says, look, we've got a choice. Either you forgive me or Um, we end this. And Blair doesn't say anything, but she does reach for his hand and they kind of spoon a little bit. And it seems like she forgives him in inverted commas. Like she, yeah, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't want to deal him. with it right now, at least. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. want to end things. So if those are the only two options, then she'll go with the forgiveness option, I guess. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure what exactly was going on this first time. I thought she was, like, realizing for the first time what she was actually in, that if those are yeah. the two options, then she doesn't want to be in either of them, mm. um, which kind of sucks for Blair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we get a nice little montage of all the characters and where they're at while Gossip Girl um, does a does a little voiceover. And I love that she says that Serena's got a new guy. His name is, oh, who gives a shit? I <laughs> was <Words laughs> like, wow, yes. Dan. The self-deprecation
1: v-. from Dan is. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, he's going really hard on himself right there. It's like, you know what, Dan? Y'all no one cares. see
1: me again. <laughs> No, no else, one cares. I'm shut out of this world.
0: <laughs> one of the key elements of this, or the key parts of this, is we see Serena going through all the photos of her and Blair, and then she just throws her phone into the trash. Yeah, and that's where the episode ends.
1: And that's um, a metaphor for how technology can overcome parts of our life and and make us feel like trash. I think that's really what they're trying to get through in that in that cinematography. I think my year 10 media studies are disagreeing.
0: <laughs> I feel that she's trying to give away the toxic elements of her relationship with Blair. Mm. She's trying to throw it away and have mm. a clean slate, um, mm. which if not to not to foreshadow too much, but I believe that clean slate might be some arc words for these two uh, going forward oh. into future episodes.
1: Some more foreshadowing. We've got some real deep cinematography uh, film studies lore going on in here. Is that right? If I said well, those words in the right order?
0: Sure. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of this podcast. But we do have one thing left to do—the thing that we do every week, oh, uh, where we yes. pick a player, where we pick one of the okay. characters from the show we just watched, yes. uh, and choose yeah. how we would make them into a player character or an NPC in one of our games. And Mika, yeah. you've you've already said that you're going to pick Blair Waldorf okay. every single episode okay. of this show. No,
1: okay, I did, I did, but I think. I did, but I think I have a better NPC this episode from our recording. I came up with it while we were discussing it, and I think it's the most amazing NPC we can make from this episode. Okay. So go can for I it. can I break the rules? Am I, I mean, I don't want to break your your amazing podcast any more than I already have. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if you'll allow me,
0: go for Who Who I want
1: to I want to make the couch that Nate was asleep yes. on. Yes.
0: Oh my God, yes. Uh,
1: I think we, I think, you know, that's underlying, like, talking about set pieces, and I think you use that term in a very different way than I'm about to use it.
0: I think but we did, the yeah. Set
1: piece of the couch.
0: Okay. You're <laughs> referring to set dressing and uh, mise en scène.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would, yeah, I would like to make the couch in. Uh, in chuck's apartment i think we could make that or oh, even you know what just even making the bed a mimic would be also great to just eat up all those terrible terrible things that had happened into that the previous night
0: i don't know i think the bed is um, a mimic but it died a long time ago just from having to be that like, close <laughs> to chuck on a regular basis
1: yeah it's even it's like soul it's necrotic yeah. soul even no they're not necrotic what are what are mimics they're i don't know
0: they're, i think they're monstrosities um monstrosities. however i feel that one of the things about mimics is that they are able to adhere to anything they touch and just kind of drag it in i feel that the bed chuck's bed is sticky for a whole separate reason and we do not <laughs> want to get into it but i i really uh, like the idea of the couch being the NPC. <laughs> it's the mvp of the show honestly
1: i mean in this episode like you said in this episode there wasn't a- I mean, I think you'll be able to tell by the very short, how quickly we got through the recap of that episode about oh, yeah. how little
0: happens. There, there was so little happening. It really was. We go to brunch. Dan realizes something. He goes home. That's kind of the entire episode. Yeah. Or
1: they yell at each other a little bit. And yeah, they
0: yell at time. each other. There's there's a whole thing. It's like setting up all the pieces and then they have a little bit of a, an encounter and then they leave again. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, that's... That's fine for a show. I mean, everything that happened happened. Yeah. It's definitely moving yeah. the the character plots along. Um, mm. And it took forty minutes. It's just not a great deal if you boil it down to the the basics.
1: Yeah. No, I think it is that RP heavy. It's it's the it's the D and D game that's no combat. It's the D and D game of setting up the next arc, finding out what plot hook you want to follow, starting to follow it to kind of make sure that you do know what you're doing and that the DM has prepped that plot hook. Um, And then, you know, the next kind of episode or the next, like, you know, game day, you pick up and you actually get to, you know, fight some stuff
0: it's the filler episode where the dungeon master or game master is frantically writing down all the things the players say so they can start prepping for next week be like cool yeah. so they go into the tower cool i have to start getting rid of the tower ready yeah. and they're going to get this much money great i will have that ready for next yeah. week but now i just drag yeah. out that conversation with the yeah. duke a little bit longer so i can get do to guys a want time to go shopping where
1: do you guys need yeah. some healing potions we can go shopping do you guys need to get a hat i could sell you i've got lots of hat shops guys uh, and, and then also finishing up the game, we said, just to double check, I've heard you right. You're definitely next session. I just want to hear that you're definitely going to do this. Yeah? Great.
0: And then, of course, oh, actually, we're going to the Feywild today. It's like, fuck. Yeah. So there's a shop in the Feywild.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> so, have it in the Feywild. That's actually a mirror image of the one you were just in. We're going to do this all yeah. over again.
0: <laughs> but backwards. Yeah. And yeah. I have actually picked a, a human character for, for okay. my for my npc. Oof, I know spicy. it's a, it's it's different. <laughs> it's uh, I I feel you said you were breaking the rules before. I never actually said that the character needed to be human. Um the chick, So what I'm hearing is hear you, a,
1: that's on you, Jeremy. That's that
0: on is you. on that is on me. I will put the rules down <laughs> next time. However, I have picked I have picked I have picked Dexter the concierge. Uh oh, I nice. I feel would be a wonderful NPC because he does not take any shit from no. from Dan Humphrey. He would not take any shit from the party. And a lot of the time as a game master, I feel that you need someone snarky enough to call characters on their bullshit to be like, mm. yeah, that's a great idea. Go ahead, do that. See how it works out when they're, say, coming up mm. with dumb dumb plans. Yeah. And I think Dexter uh, would be perfect yeah. for that. Oh,
1: 100%. It reminds me of um, Brennan Lee Mulligan is great at this. But he's very good at taking his players and playing those NPCs that the, the players say something super like random, and he's like, no, 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 I need you to explain to me, like, tell me how this works. What, what? And they're like, oh, <laughs> <It's not laughs> what?
0: What is your plan? How is this going to work out for you? It's like, yeah, I'm yeah. just making shit up and hoping you weren't going to notice. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, but he has yeah those snarky NPCs that are very much happy to be like. Oh, so you just are going to think that I'm just going to give you fifty gold to do this? No, like that's not going to happen. So try again. Try yeah. introducing yourself. Let's go again. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, that, amazing.
0: It's literally his job to serve the the party, but he doesn't have to be happy about it, and he doesn't have to
1: Mm-mm.
0: serve the party in ways that are dumb. Mm. It's
2: mm.
0: like he's he's in full for someone who has like four lines in the episode. You really get a sense of what this person's personality is like and what his job and day to day life is like. It's mm. a great way of. I think it would be a really cool NPC, and that's my. He would opinion. definitely have to
1: get paid. He would definitely have to get paid danger money in D D though, because like any, oh, yes. anyone who's snarky towards a PC party, the risk of death is kind of like what eighty percent, ninety percent.
0: I guess it dep- if they're snarky against the whole party, it's a problem. If they're snarky against one member and make everybody else at the table laugh, then chances are they go, we love this guy. He's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Gets adopted into the party. Come travel with us. You can hang out with us. This is great. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. That's
0: great. So that is where we will end the episode for this week. We hope you had a really good time um, listening to us because we had a great time recording it. And You can subscribe because next week we'll be talking about episode three of season one of Gossip Girl, which is called Poison Ivy. Uh, We will get into what that film is referring to uh, when we record next week. But if you could leave us a review on wherever you found this podcast or subscribe wherever you found this podcast, that'd be even better because then you get to hear us every single time we bring out a new episode, uh, which will be a lot because this is a long show. <laughs> if you wanted to get in Buckle touch,
1: with,
0: <laughs> if you wanted to get in touch with the podcast, uh, the The best way to find us is uh, D-N-D-N-T-V-P-O-D. That's for Twitter, Instagram. You stick at gmail.com on the back of it. You can send us an email as well. But Meek, you have social medias as well uh, where people can see cool photos and stuff.
1: I am. I am. I'm socials on the media. uh, Blushing underscore bard. Feel free to come and uh, yell at me about how wrong I was. My U-10 media studies teacher did not teach me appropriately. Um, I welcome I welcome any education, further education. I'm pretty I sure I'm right, but, you know.
0: I, I didn't even have media studies in Year 10. I mean, I studied film for six years at ANU, but that's clearly not on par with the, the Year 10 education a, that you were able rural, to receive.
1: Yeah, with a rural state school, one-year media studies class. You're right. My school didn't, didn't even offer local it, local so state.
0: you were clearly superior to me in this regard because I did not even get that much.
1: I didn't say that.
0: Well, thank you so much, dear audience, for listening to us ramble on for so long. (laughs) Be kind to yourselves, stay safe, and may all your hits be crits.